loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I welcome Anita Sanchez, who's a PhD Aztec and Mexican-American. She's a transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, and author of the international best-selling book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times, available in paperback, uh, just came out in paperback November 13th, 2018 from Simon & Schuster. She bridges indigenous teachings with the latest science to inspire and equip women and men to enjoy meaningful, empowered lives and careers. With four decades of experience coaching and training executives and their teams in dozens of Fortune 500 companies, governmental groups, and non-governmental agencies, Anita is an established leader in global organizational change initiatives. She's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council with luminaries such, such as Jack Canfield, Marianne, Marianne Williamson, and John Gray, as well as the Association of Transformational Leaders, the Evolutionary Business Council, and serves on the board's of the Bioneers Organization and the Pacamama Alliance. She resides in the mountains outside, outside Boulder, Colorado with her husband and youngest son. And for more information and also to download the, the free song that's based on the book, visit www.foursacredgifts.com. Welcome, Anita. Thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to have you and and very grateful for your book. As I was saying before we went on air, I just really loved being immersed in in what you were talking about and um, kind of feel, it's a book I felt more than I would say read. Uh, it, it really evoked a lot in me, so thank you. That's a big compliment, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. Um, I guess we should start with the basics of the book, um, how you came to write it and the basic principles, the, the gifts that were given to, to you, to all of us, I guess. Uh, let's just start there. Okay. I, I began writing the book actually um, with the death of my mom a handful of years ago. And um, I had promised before she passed away that I would write her book. And But as I sat down to write, what was coming through was my book. <laughs> and so I asked her forgiveness, and I know she'd give it to me. She's a big reader. And I began writing this book. And what became clear to me is that the writing of the book was an important, important process for me. And it was I felt like it was a calling from indigenous elders where these four sacred gifts came from that it was time that these gifts were needed now more than ever. Mm. And so it's been magical. It's actually absolutely magical as how it came forward. Um, and the writing was not easy. Um, so it, it includes clearly my journey in life, but also brings in the journey of various people from 
corporate executives to leaders in communities to people totally unknown and indigenous elders from all over the world. And so it's really, I'm so pleased when you said it, you, the sense of it, the emotionality of it um, spoke to you so clearly that even more than the words. And I, I think that would make the elders very happy, the 27 elders who put brought forth those gifts from spirit. You know, I, I have this sense sometimes in my own life and lives I, I observe, many lives I observe, that uh, we're kind of uh, feeling our way along and then suddenly all the different strands of what have ha- has happened in our lives sort of come together. And I had that sense in in your writing that, you know, who would put together uh, organizational development and indigenous wisdom, but they come together in you um, yes. because that's your training and this is your, your belief and your practice. But I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that because it's not a natural uh I, I was stunned by some of the companies that you've worked with, you know, DuPont and, uh, you know, um, mm-hmm. big, big, um, seemingly uh, less than humanistic, certainly, you mm-hmm. know, uh, places. But but you found welcoming ears there. And, and that fascinated me. Not that they would be once you get there, but how do you get there? <laughs> Uh, that just seemed yeah. very impactful, given the state of the world and all the disconnections um, going on. That you actually got got yourself into those rooms and yeah. and uh, were able to bring this message. Yeah, Cheryl, it it actually surprised me as well. Some of the places I went. I mean, um, I'm with a lot of tech companies like HP and Hewlett Packard and. Xerox and IBM, and then, of course, AT&T. But in DuPont, I wondered, you know, because of some of the products and, and the impact on the earth and the people, like, what was I doing there? And so I, I was in ceremony a lot during that time. And what I did find, which is true everywhere, is that there are people who everyone is looking for what it is more meaningful life, just what your show is about, and how yes. to transform. So I saw even in this company, um, there were leaders, were individuals who were trying to transform it. Um, and so it was, uh, it was a very powerful time to, for me uh, in understanding that the messages, these four sacred gifts, the wisdom of indigenous uh, elders from all over the world, the different traditions, are so needed at this time. We have, we're drowning in knowledge and information. What our heart really hungers for is the wisdom, and that's readily accessible. When you merge these indigenous wisdom keepers, knowledge and ceremony with uh, our modern day, what is happening in terms of the separation, the competitive, the uncaring, this illusion of, of aloneness, separateness that exists, whether we're talking about in businesses or in our communities, and sometimes even in our own families, and even with individuals, the separation from your head, from your heart. Um, so it does feel very much like it's time. Mm, absolutely. Uh, also, of course, it resonated because um, we'll, we'll talk just in a moment about what these gifts are, but they really do involve digging deep internally, which, of course, we have to do for any 
any loss. And there are so many losses that aren't even individual. Um, you know, the loss yeah. of our planet, the loss of healthy mm-hmm. uh, animal nature, you know, all of these losses that we're all immersed in, uh, the loss of exactly. safety, <laughs> you know. No, so let's the big losses, the collective losses. So that's where this response to not only the individual, but it's, again, not separating the me from the we. That's part of the problem. Yes, it's a lot of yes. I, I, I. And we forget. So all those things you just said that are losses, that life itself is calling to us. We're, we're wanting to figure out. I think as many people are awakening. So now, now, okay, I'm starting to understand we all are connected. Anything that happens halfway around the earth still impacts me because the winds blow, whatever is being used there and impacting crops or whatever else. But, the, but people want to know, how do I do this? And so, like usual, there's some simple wisdom, simple in its sounding, but very much requiring a practice, some deep work in order to live them. So let's get into that. Uh, Obviously, they each have a depth, each of these sacred gifts. And it's interesting that they're they're gifts that have already been given, because Mm -hmm. uh, we might get confused about how to actually do it, but if you've been given a gift, you open the box, don't you? (laughs) Yes, especially in indigenous culture, which is true in some other cultures. If you're given a gift, it's you, you, you're expected to open it. You're not only expected to open it and use it, but you're expected to share it because a true Mm, gift is meant to continue to go out and out and out further, shared by many. I'm interested in the order. So the first gift uh, is the power to forgive the unforgivable, uh, which in a way is for many people the very hardest. Uh, but, so I was interested that that's where we start. Yes, it's, um, it, is kind of, it is kind of paradoxical. The reality is all these gifts actually interweave, so one can help you with the other. However, the uh, 27 indigenous elders who came together back in 1990 in prophecy and put these gifts into a hoop with a hundred eagle feathers that they made. The first gift that Spirit said, first of all, Spirit said, use these four gifts. You need to put these four gifts in here for all humankind, not just for indigenous people, but for all humankind so that we can remember how to be in right relationship with ourselves, other people, animals, all beings, the earth, and spirit itself. And so the first gift that was put into the hoop was the power to forgive the unforgivable, which I always take a deep breath because yes. <laughs> everywhere I speak, then, um, and also with you, again, can tell by just your, your exhale, is that that is a huge, a huge thing. If it was easy, of course, we'd all be forgiving all the time. However... I think it's because we have a distorted sense of what forgiveness is. So if I could say a little bit about what that is, which I learned from the Absolutely. elders. Absolutely. Yeah, I welcome forgiveness, that. I thought, in growing, I thought forgiveness meant weakness. I thought forgiveness meant that I, I forgot what happened, or mm. it wasn't so important, or that um, I didn't have to seek changes in systems and structures of justice, you know, so that others wouldn't be harmed. So whether it was an individual hurt or some of the big hurts, that forgiving the unforgivable, forgiveness 
doesn't mean that. What forgiveness really means, I came to understand, is not being locked in the pain, the hurt, the mistreatments of what did happen or didn't happen. And that energy, that taking that away imprisons, imprisons oneself. It imprisoned me. For a long time, I had this great, great armor of this. I called it the illusion of separateness armor. And, and I <laughs> kept away all the bad things because I, you know, the background of sexual abuse from age 4 to 13, and then the murder of my father, and then on, I can go on and on of this, um, you know, sexism and racism and all that kind of, all the different things. And generational trauma and, Genera- you know, <laughs> yes, yes, the legacy know, of you know, generations and generations. That, yes. yes, generations. And yet, who are the very people who genocide is the history of indigenous people pretty much all over the world? And yet, these are the wisdom keepers. These are the elders, the sages who are saying, this gift, you must forgive the unforgivable. And we have that power. We have that. Well, so that really that's, is a path to freedom. That's that's uh, something that stood out to me is uh, it's not the gift of forgiveness. It's the power to forgive. It's the power we're given, the power yeah. to forgive the unforgivable. That really impacted me. Uh, and, and especially I want to linger a little bit on your personal losses because mm-hmm. – uh, I do. I do find people want to know that even the worst things we can move forward from. Uh, it it touched me very much, uh, or impacted me. Not touched me. What happened after your father was murdered? Where you found out why he was murdered? Could you share that? Because that yeah. that's a such an extra layer. Uh, to an already difficult loss. Yes, and I think it's quite appropriate for this time um, when we sh- hear people who whose loved ones are, are murdered. Um, and so, yes, so I was 13, uh, and um, I remember very much being, and uh, I grew up in Missouri, and I'm there, 13, and my little brother and sister were with me and my mom, and there was a knock at the door, and... Uh, Two police officers identified themselves, and um, they asked to come in, and they just said to my mom, you know, your husband has been in an accident, uh, and he didn't survive. And I, I just was sort of shocked there by my mom. And, and then they went on to say how earlier that day that a white man, this was in the 60, in 67, a white man and a black man were in the neighborhood bar, and they had a fight and my father would get a beer after work. He worked in a steel mill, and so after work he would go and have his beer. And he went and did that, but he sat in the place where early that day the black man was sitting. While he sat there, the white man returned and fired three bullets through his head and killed him on the spot. And it was, you know, that was horrific. And, and um, I have to catch my breath every time I yes. say it. However, yes. what stuck with me, um, Cheryl, is all of that. However, what happened a week later, and this is where I'm going to weave a number of things that you started asking me about together. A week later, a woman, a white woman and her son, who was probably somewhere around my age 13, came to the door and she identified herself as the wife and the son of the man who murdered my father. And 
she began saying, Mrs. Sanchez, you needed to know that my husband was a good man. He would never have done this. He, if he knew he was Mexican and Native American, he thought he was black. And she continued to say horrible things about black people. And my mom mm. was very, very Christian. And yet uh, she screamed at this stranger. She just screamed, stop. You don't even know what you're doing. You don't even know what you're saying, the hatred you're teaching your son. But I want you to know I'm going to try really hard to pray for your soul, but you get off my porch. And that night, my mom gathered six kids together, and she sat us down, and she said, I, you must remember this. I'm not going to say it again, but you must remember this. A white man murdered your father, not the white race. And she opened the Kansas City Star, the newspaper, and pointed. There was a picture of my father laying on the bar floor with blood around him and stuff. She goes, now this is racism. This is needs to stop because when people, um, Hispanics, we shouldn't call Hispanics, Mexicans, Asian people, black people, Native Americans, when we die or something violent happens, it's all over the paper. But when a white person, they, they never show any of that because they want to show respect. And you are worthy of dignity. But never forget, a white man murdered your father, not the white race. And that she believed that most people were kind and good, and some were lost. But we were also to never forget that those who were lost could hurt us. So we need to be mindful and surround ourselves with kind people. However, we had work to do. And so... Cheryl, it was no surprise that I went into the corporate world. No, I was I going in. to say that, yeah, that, that she is. kind of planted the seed uh, of, of um, wanting that unity between all peoples that you speak so eloquently about. Uh, Absolutely. Let's, let's go to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the other three gifts. Uh, you know, they... I know it's I know it's a circle I know it's a hoop and but I'd like to talk with each about each one separately because yeah. they're all powerful uh, and listeners listeners you can find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America I want to remind you that I just came out with a novel which is about forgiveness as it happens and the the transformative power of forgiveness uh, even when we think it can't happen uh, you can find a link to that at my at my homepage at Voice America. And to find Anita Sanchez, you can go to www.foursacredgifts.com. Be back soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Today's woman faces a stressful world when it comes to staying healthy. We are bombarded by media messages with contradicting ideas about fitness and nutrition. We need to keep our diet, relationships, and stress in check. It's time to get the right message and have the most fun. Join hosts Andrea Beeman, Lisa Lutan, and Michelle Fenighaus for Healthy View Radio. It's health and happiness in one show every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? 
choice, and flexibility. Means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Anita Sanchez, author of The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. And Anita, before the break, we were talking about um, the first of those gifts, the power to forgive the unforgivable. We could have an entire show on about that, of course, um, because it's such a, a big subject for sure but i i want to um move on and talk about the next one the power of unity uh that seems so hard to come by right now and so crucially important what can you say about how to bring that about with all the divisions and hurts and uh guarding that we have absolutely well, it does take a practice. <laughs> so the, you know, when we look at indigenous worldviews, um, pretty much all over the world, it's one of acknowledgement that we are all related. And um, so that power of unity, that second gift that is necessary for us to have harmony and balance with ourselves and others is really, really important. And part of, part of that unity, we talk about it with indigenous people, I always love this because I didn't understand it when I was real little and then I came to truly understand it, is that it's about being in right relationship, 
first and foremost, right relationship with yourself. If your heart is separated from your head, if your actions are not in alignment with, you know, your values, your your heart, and all that things, then of course, then we have suffering and and the cause of disunity. However, when we do get in right relationship, when we live and understand that connection between all beings. And I, I find one of the ways in which to do that is to, is to get quiet and just to begin to understand the, the falsehood of us being alone. We might get lonely, but we're never alone. We're always being supported, whether it's the oxygen from the plants that clean the carbon to give us the oxygen, whether it's the water that's flowing, whether, you know, you have parents or grandparents or a friend or, you know, all the myriad things, both two-legged, winged um, earth that is supporting us, that that changes your frame of reference. If you can continue the practice of understanding that and a way to do that practice is, of course, to be in gratitude. And so every day and every night I start and end my day with listing all the things I'm grateful for, and that helps a great deal. But I, I want to get back to what you're saying. The co- it's difficult now, but the cost of disunity, is this really what I want, which has resulted from this, all this disunity and separation is depression and crime and drug and alcohol addiction, suicide, physical and mental abuse, destruction of the of the oceans, of all the different species. I mean, I can go on and on and on, and I know you could too. Yes. And so when we look at that and understand I'm part of the hoopa life, I'm not separate from it, then there's a different way of being and understanding. And so the worst thing you can say to an indigenous person, which please don't, anyone who's listening say this, <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's important to understand because then you know, oh, I've been really, whoa, put in my place, is when someone says, you act as if you have no relations. Think of that. Am mm-hmm. I acting as if I have no relations? And when one acts in that positive that you're being supported, it gives us a lot of ability then to, uh, to use our energy to create what we want, to co-create what we want to exist in the world, which I think most, if not all people, really want a thriving world and thriving place. Even though they may be faulty at this point <laughs> in their behavior and actions, that they have forgotten um, the we and so then it requires all of us to step up even more to take the stand for we, for the unity, and use that power, a very, very potent power. You know, a, d- a dilemma that I, that I feel a lot, and I, I feel you might have some wisdom about, is um, when people have been so injured. I, I went on a tour last fall. I did several shows on it actually with the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus and we traveled through the south mm-hmm. and we did concerts and presentations all through the all through the south um, and so many one thing that came out is so many men in that chorus had been severely injured uh had grown up in the South or, or elsewhere and been severely injured and had, you know, a lot of guard up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this idea that we're all related, I wouldn't have said that to any of those men. <laughs> um, 
there there needs to be maybe a step in between. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's forgiveness that's the step in between, maybe. But um, it, it, you know what I'm talking about? It can feel so damaging to be told to unify yeah. with people who've hurt you so badly. Well, and that's where we can't, that's why there are four gifts and not just one. People, <laughs> people yeah. need to acknowledge, that we, one, it, it's hard to ever be in unity. It would be hard for me to be in unity if I had not done the steps of forgiveness. I could do somewhat, but could I ever be totally in trust and in unity with other beings? There would always be, you know, that veil of protection. There'd be these other things. And I'm not talking about being naive or anything like that. But what I am saying is that even people like the gay men that you're talking about who had some horrendous experiences, um, as well like indigenous people, Latinos, right. blacks, women, uh, white Absolutely. men who don't fit the profile, right? That right. there is post-traumatic Almost growth. all of us. <laughs> Almost, I have not all of us. There's some kind of injury, some kind of... And the key is, indigenous wisdom kids have been talking about, they didn't call it post-traumatic growth, but they, we talk about the seasons. And people forget that sometimes you go through winter and it feels like horrible and I'm, nothing's growing, everything's going wrong. But that if you sit in that, if you go into that and use that time, you begin to understand and see that there's this powerful summer inside of you. And so that's true with trauma that happens to people is that there is post-traumatic growth. And I'm not talking about the trauma itself. I'm talking about there is an experience of a positive change from having that struggle. So just like that young boy's father who took away my father, in my being able to really work through that, I came to realization, but not as a 13-year-old, as an adult, which was that summer day, I lost my father. But that summer day, that young white boy lost his father too. And he grew up knowing he was a murderer. And so to this day, I think about them out on the porch and my mom sending away and she did the best she could. But if I had the wisdom I had now, I would actually invite that woman, the wife of the man that murdered my father and that white boy into our house. Because if we continue to just separate, we're not going to resolve things. And so I think this power of unity, the really asking yourself the question, what is my assumption here? Am I operating out of my values that I have? Or or am I operating thinking I am separate? Or, you know, what is science? Just asking the questions and then getting still, and I still believe that going back into gratitude is so powerful because then we begin to realize what its indigenous wisdom keepers have known for time and time, that we are not separate. We are truly one human race. We are all related to the earth and everything else. And so why wouldn't we do everything we can to care for each other, including taking a stand that the caring must happen. So I'm not talking about being, you know, Pollyannish and walking away, but I'm talking about taking that stand as the power of the hoop in a way that's life-giving, not contributing to more more suffering. That that reminds me of, um, you know, all the people who I've heard say that uh, pacifism is is weak, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, those kind of ideas. My gosh, to really be 
uh, nonviolent takes so much strength and courage. It takes uh, a lot of strength. To, <laughs> to, to mm-hmm. just not go to that place that we're all as humans capable of, aren't we? And yeah, I but, feel that maybe yeah. maybe connected to this this principle of unity, uh, it does it can put you in in some danger sometimes to act out of that, but it's worth it. Yes. Yes, and so here's the other part of this. Uh, we did it sort of as a joke growing up. It's like, wow, when I used to watch those cowboy and Indian movies and these cowboys would go off on their own, be like, no way am I doing that. You'd go with the whole group. So when you're going out and, and making a stand for something, then you, you, you don't have to go alone. I think that's, again, that, that Lone Ranger uh, mindset. <laughs> Rather, you bring in everything, including the seen and the unseen. So you bring in spirit with you. You bring in all that that uh, that which we know, not from the senses, as well as for our relatives. And and we're seeing many signs of that now with young people saying we don't want violence in our schools and women marching. And you know, there's not a destruction happening. It's rather saying this is what shall be. You know, this is what we want to be in right relationship, and this violence is not what is meant for any of us to endure. Yeah, Parkland has been, the Parkland mm. students have been particularly notable, I think, that way. I, I've, I'm confused when people say that the young people, uh, I, I hear all these negative things about young people. The young people I know get it in a way that... Mm-hmm. Some older people don't. Hey, we've got to go together. We've got to do the hard work of staying in relationship to each other. You know, it seems to me at least the young people that I know, uh, you know, as you said, you don't have to be old to be an elder. Uh, Many of them are elders, just strong elders. Um, They are. I think we need to listen to them. And they're leading for us. And that's been true throughout centuries that, the young people uh, lead as well. So the wisdom comes from everywhere. Yes. I, and so they know, we know whether you know of indigenous wisdom or had um, the good fortune to be at sun dances or other ceremonies. People know within each of us, these gifts already lie. Our understanding of our own innate worthiness, our innate worthiness of dignity, of our sacredness is there. And collectively, when we become uh, connect that all up together, then that's when positive change happens much more rapidly than we think. And I, know, and I say that knowing that even for myself, some of these changes I wish happened yesterday, but we're still at it. <laughs> and so we get to lead really meaningful lives, Cheryl, really meaningful lives at this time, because no one can sit by the side, because sitting by the side is also a choice. So we get to be in positive action, being life-giving forces to each other. Or as they say, we're all medicine. You can be good medicine or bad medicine. Good medicine mm. is anyone or anything that puts into alignment the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. And bad medicine is anything that takes that apart. And there's no in-between place. Am I choosing to be good medicine or am I choosing to be mad, bad medicine? And I'll tell Powerful. you, after you have... That tough experiences, which most of us had, I don't want to do to others what was what I experienced, and so that gives you a sense of strength, 
of resilience and really clear positive intention to be able to move forward, not just alone, but together with others. You know, I feel you moved quite naturally there into the third gift, the power of healing. Um, We only have a couple of minutes before our second break, but uh, the power of healing... You know, I, I, uh, there's someone I admire very much, Francis Weller, uh, and he, he talks about how uh, we can't, uh, we can't ultimately heal our griefs uh, alone. We we have to be with each other, and in community, and so unity leads right into healing, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> <And it's that laughs> or healing leads to unity, or. <laughs> yeah, no, they all see the spirit knew what it was giving to us through these wisdom keepers. But yes, healing, healing is not something we think of in terms of pharmaceutical. Although, don't give up the Western medicine. I just use some of that on for me That's more uh, recently about with your surgery. Rising, However, <laughs> you do want to use this gift of healing every day because we have different levels of hurts and mistreatments, the small ones to the big ones that seem unforgivable. But that gift of healing is so powerful. And what I saw from studying um, wisdom keepers uh, around the world is there were several elements, although the medicine looked very different what they used, whether it was dance or chant or in circle or whatever, but there were four elements that were present in all of them. Can you, can you name those? Yes, yes. So the four basic elements that I found in the practice of the healing was the first was listening. The mm-hmm. second was supportive relationships. The third, unconditional love. And the fourth, committing to creative positive action. So those four elements I found in the various practices of the power of healing. That's that's again that that could that could encompass a whole at least hour on this show, <laughs> and and it kind of intersects with a with a, a set of four that um, that I've thought about a lot: uh, grief, solace, uh, inspiration, and action. Mm-hmm. I, I think we could find some intersection there. Uh, let's go to our break now, and we'll come back and talk about the final um, the final gift when we come back. Listeners, you can find links to my website and social media at Good Grief Page at Voice America, and you can find Anita Sanchez at foursacredgifts.com. Be back soon. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Ready to transform your health and your world? Join host Melissa Alexander for Insight Living with Vitality. Melissa and her guests go behind the scenes on what it takes for practitioners and clients to transform themselves and others. She provides insight to medical procedural breakthroughs, available product resources, and explains lifestyle choices designed to improve and expand your vitality. It's time to get rid of that baggage, remove those blockages, and prevent buildup from hindering your progress in life. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent, inconsistency. 
Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Anita Sanchez, author of The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. Uh, we, we've talked about the first three gifts, the, the power to forgive the unforgivable, the power of unity, and the power of healing. And then this last one is one I've, I, I myself have been working very hard with uh, lately, the power of hope. Um, I'd love to hear you talk about how you think about hope because, uh, you know, I work in cancer a lot. Often people define hope as the hope that they won't have cancer, you know, and I'm pretty sure that isn't, uh, really what you're talking about here. So I'd love to hear. Yes, I'm talking about hope and hope in action and as the elders uh, teach is that it's it's really talking about hope is an energy source that we really are energy and that we have this innate gift of hope and so we get to choose to have hope so it's beyond you know in spite of facts to the contrary (laughs) one can still have choose to have hope and and when you look at it in this way there's only no one can take away your hope. Only you can give it away. And with all the things that are happening around us, all the challenges and um, things that seem very disparate, is that the danger of doubt can come up for us. And so it's really important to name that when the doubt comes up. That's part of the difficulty. I'm talking to lots of people, and that's if they're struggling to have hope. 
and um, and that that bringing that power back to themselves is really really critical. And so, hope for when you when you are feeling hopeful. Uh, are you just feeling hopeful that anything that's troubling has the power to change? Are you? What are you hoping for? Yes. When I'm in that, holding that hope in my heart, in my mind, in my actions, because it's not a passive thing. It really is quite in action. It's like the GPS doesn't work unless you move the car. And so when you have that vision of something being different than it is, that something is going to be better than it is, that the disunity can actually help lead us to the unity, like some of the most horrific things happening right now, which I do not like the suffering that it's causing. At the same time, it's sure waking up a lot of us. But we can't just wait. We have to be in positive action. So that's the kind of hope I'm talking about, the kind of hope that pulls you into, into, uh, into the action, into doing something. I'm going to give you a story because you mentioned DuPont earlier. And um, you know, I don't work there anymore. I don't consult to them. However, I did learn a lot of things, and I'm grateful for that in my young years when I was working there and wondering what I was doing there. And at one point... Um, and in the early 90s, I was teaching a lot of the executives these four gifts. And I was saying, how can you not treat indigenous people like human beings? And one of the ways you don't do that is you don't get their signature on things. Other people, you get signature to go out and do things that you do, um, sell your products, take their, use their land, their resources. But you need that. So it was at this same time, a couple of years later, that I was thinking about stopping doing my work. It wasn't happening fast enough. And... Then let's fast forward. I realize it's a little disjointed, but so I was going to give up, but I got these gifts, and so it got me going again. It was like something in my DNA got awakened, and I started using these gifts every day. And then 2007 comes around, and the first time I'm going to go to the Amazon to be with indigenous people in the depths of the Amazon, these dream cultures. And we had to prepare a lot of reading beforehand. And I'm reading this book, and I literally, Cheryl, scream. My husband thought somebody had gotten into the house. Something horrible had happened. <laughs> and, and, and he comes running down, and I'm like, no, no, let me, let me tell you this. I'm reading this book, and it said, Edgar Willard, CEO of the DuPont Corporation uh, ex- uh, team, came back to him and said, we, there's, there's oil, there's money to be made in the Amazon. And it named a block of land and everything. And that we can, you know, there's great, and at that time they owned Conoco. And so that they were going to go in there and drill. And as I continue to read, it said, Woolard said to them, it does look good, but you must go and get the signatures of the indigenous leaders there that they want. Uh, uh. Next, Next line. No one knows why he asked for that, but they were unable to get the signatures. Conoco pulled out and went somewhere else, outside. It wasn't the Amazon. They went somewhere north. Um, anyway, that to Well, me that, that stunned fun. me when I read it. That stunned yes. me when I read it. And it must have stunned you when you <laughs> read it totally. a whole lot more than me. That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what the scream was about. But what it told me is to remind me about hope is that we may not get to see 
And we all want to see, right? We want to see the change. But if we keep going in alignment, good medicine, using these gifts, and holding that hope that's pulling us, pulling us forward into right relationship with each other, we will have an impact. I was fortunate in that over 10 years later, I read this book and find out, and then I go down and visit people that now I have eight years in a row led groups of business leaders and their families down in there to meet the people and to understand their relationship to each other and to the earth. And every time I say gratitude, thank you, this hoop of life, the great mystery, uh, universe, consciousness, God, Allah, whatever language you want to use, there, this hope is something. It is an energy source. And I'm not allowing anyone to take it away. I'm still human, so there's different periods I start to doubt, and then I was like, okay, <laughs> where's that doubt coming from? Look at it, because it doesn't help to just push it down and pretend it's not there, and move through it, and build more strength, and get even stronger vision to be able to move forward. Because this, the collective will for what is needed at this time is so great, and I, we are up for it. We are so up for it with the young people, the middle-aged people, the older people, with all the other beings are telling us too. Nature and this difference are calling us to live the most meaningful life we can at this time. No argument from me on that, obviously, <laughs> because mm-mm, mm-mm. we get we get such a such a short time here, don't we? Yes, we get a short time, and that leads me, Cheryl, to say the thing that I, I've been around a lot of young people lately. Too, I was just at a. Uh, training at a National Association of Independent Schools. And we were amazing young kids, high schoolers, and, and lots of teachers and administrators too. But in Indigenous, when we're at our best and making decisions, we have what we call seven generations. When we make this decision, we're thinking seven generations out, will this be a benefit to them? And yes. if we can't say yes then we pause and stay in circle, stay in reflection, stay in to either find another way or we ask the question again. If we cannot see that it, understand or that it is going to be better, then we start over again. And that, that's a, that's a huge, you know, to be able to That would to change the world for sure, wouldn't it? It would change it dramatically. <laughs> yeah, it would change I, it dramatically. I, and I believe that I, people are sometimes stunned that. That, that, you know, people that are, um, I don't know, fracking and, you know, <laughs> doing all this mm-hmm. stuff that's destroying the land, that they're not thinking about their children. Uh, it's yeah. stunning, isn't it? It uh, is stunning. And I, I feel I... I I feel for them. I don't want to be um, patronizing or matronizing, but all it does is just giving me more energy that somehow they've forgotten and the door is always open, but I got to continue because I want to care not just about my kids or your kids, but the children of other species too. You know, that they, yes. all of this life is meant to be here. I, yes, we have lots to do. We have just so much good things to create in the world and, and together is how it's going to happen, um, if we're going to have it happen soon enough. It's, it's, it's the collective will of all of us. You know, one thing I suggest t- to my clients is to actually look for good news. You have to look harder because yes. the news is not geared that way. They're geared to problems. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're looking, there are 
outstanding things that happen that maybe are on the middle page of <laughs> some newspaper. Or, for instance, uh, this morning I was on Facebook. I do I do a lot of stuff on Facebook. It goes along with radio really well. And I saw a story about a young uh, high schooler, a Navajo uh, high schooler, who has developed a way to put uh, solar heating. It's a whole water contraption to heat hoguns that don't have any electricity to save people because people are using coal and their lungs are getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And I thought... That is awesome and incredible news. That yes. there, it's it's there's not no harm in it except for the the building of the solar panel may may have some environmental impact. Well outweighed though by uh, having warm heat that uh, is unharmful, and that's an example, isn't it? Uh, no, of just what so we're talking many. That's about. That's just it. That's where, I guess, where I don't get uh, down, at least not for very long, because there is the solutions. And you can look up and just say, I want look at what are the solutions, and you'll find them. Um, what you just spoke about in the Amazon now, there is an effort for their canoes, rather than using any petrol for the motors, they're going to solar, uh, solar run, uh, boats up and down the Amazon. That's amazing. And That's next incredible. February, I want to tell you about this. There's the first World Dignity Forum is going to happen in New Delhi. And what that forum is about, it's going to be annual, is that it's about raising up solutions in every sector that can be amplified, replicated, so that we can, you know, restore dignity across all, all the sectors for human beings, for the earth, for the animals, for everything. And, and it sounds Pollyanna, but I will tell you, there are thousands of solutions. And we're only going to be able there to talk about a few hundred over those a few days, but they are there. So we can look those up and those will help us to not get spiraling downward that we become paralyzed. That's why all these gifts are so important, both the forgiving the unforgivable, the unity, the healing we get to use that gift every day, and the power of hope in action. It's so exciting to me to be alive at this time and, and challenging, and what better way to live but to choose to use your gifts. And I, I want to put in a word for the fact that as far as I can tell, everyone has gifts. Yeah. You know how uh, people will kind of downplay their gifts often? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some some people are the opposite, but I run into a lot yeah, of people that, that sort of think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not worthy of that, or I'm not good enough, or, you know, uh, I know and you know that a lot of it is about uh, doing, just trying, and failing a whole lot and keeping going yeah. as a <laughs> and just keep growing our self love because that doubt that that I'm not you know I'm not enough I'm good, you know those those gifts we need all of them now all the of them. elders just put four gifts in there because spirit said if you use these four gifts you won't forget you'll know 
how to be in right relationship in harmony with each Thank other. Thank you, Anita. I'm going to have to break in because we're out of time, but that's a great okay. place to end. I hope people will go look for your book. That's Four Sacred Gifts and at foursacredgifts.com. We'll get you there. And next week I'll have Carmen Hartano, author of Chronicles of a Catholic Housewife, a memoir that includes the death of her son. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.